Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 61. Yeah, and today we're talking about the Oak 2020 conference. We're going to recap um, the whole conference. We'll also share highs and lows from our teaching week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So we're going to start off with some highs and lows, probably just highs though. Um, specifically related Yeah, we to... lied before when we said highs and lows from our teaching week because yeah, no. we're going to talk specifically about highs and lows from the Oak Conference yes, that yes. was in Portland. Yeah, and I, I, again, just highs. Just highs. I want to talk about lows. I mean, there weren't really no lows other than health concerns, I would say, would be the only low. Totally. Um, but let's talk about highs. Let's talk. Okay. Okay. Go first. Um, yeah, I just want to give... Um, I, well, so many highs. But I just had some awesome conversations with my friend Lauren McDougal, and Yay. I just wanted to give her program a shout-out uh, because Lauren is the program director for the American Kodak Institute in Maryland. Yeah. And she's just – oh, Lauren's just – She's gold. She's a gem. She's a gem. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is it okay to give a high uh, shout-out to just one person? Sure. Yeah, but what I want to say is that Lauren is someone that you that I think a lot of people don't know about, but, boy, if you are not able to come to Colorado State University, then you should be going to the American Coda Institute because Lauren, she just knows what she's doing. Yeah. She's a younger program director, so I yep. think maybe some people might – at first glance, be like skeptical that, but she knows her stuff, man. Yes. Anyway, so very thoughtful about the current times of music education. Yeah. And yeah. Amazing work. Yes. Good job, Lauren. Yeah, we love you. Okay. okay. Um, can I do two? Well, yeah. I'm going to do one on behalf of both of us. Okay. So Tanya and I hosted community folk dancing on Thursday night. Um, and despite an extra amount of hand sanitizer and a caveat of don't touch hands if you don't Not want despite, to. Not despite, because, because of. Because This is true. No, but what I was going to say is it was very well attended. We had, I mm -hmm. think we heard like 150 people come, more or less. You know, people come and go. It was 150. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. Lots of kids, lots of teachers, parents. Everyone was dancing. It was and very a joyful. Good time. And yeah. We just, if you were there, thank you. And um, if we met you at the Oak Conference, yeah. thank you. There were so many people who came up and introduced themselves. That is so sweet. It was awesome. It's very sweet. And we just again, so appreciate it. Sometimes we just feel like we just do this for Most us. of the time I sit here and I look at you and I'm like, <laughs> no one's say whatever you want. No one's listening. <laughs> but apparently a couple of you do. Yay. So thank you. Maybe you're listening now because you can't leave your house. Yay. That's true. I mean, not yay on not leaving the I house. I was thinking but... about that podcast. Hey, we're, we're in the right biz right now, Tanya. Not that we're making money off <laughs> this, but we're in the right biz <laughs> because, you know, people need to consume things in their homes. So. Exactly. We, we've I hope you're listening as you're disinfecting your entire house. Yeah, and listen while you clean. That's when I, I love listening to podcasts while I clean. Me too. Um, okay, but then can I do one other hi? Go for it. This one's personal for me. So um, this conference marked my end of my Western Division president reign. A short reign it was, two years. For Oak, um, yes. But that means um, I'm no longer on the Oak board, which is, you know, a happy and sad thing. Um, happy they were so because... lucky to have you. Oh, well, that's so nice of you to say. It's so I mean, 
it's it's work and it's 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 extra time obviously taking out of my life for so mm-hmm. for that I'm kind of happy that it's done but sad because I met so many wonderful people and yes. it really has been an honor to serve the organization so I'm just putting a plug out there for all of you Oak members who have considered leadership and maybe thought, I don't know, is it scary? Is it too big? Um, yes, it's all those things, and it, you should still yes, do it. but you should still do it because <laughs> there's so much um, personal and professional gains that you will get from that, Just and, and that feeling of you're doing some good for this Kodai community that we have here mm-hmm. through Oak. And, you know, however, well, okay, when you have an organization that you get a lot out of, it, it really is your duty to give back. Yes. And if you are part of an organization that you're not thrilled with some of the things that are happening, then it's your duty to get involved and make changes. So, um, yeah. All of that. All of that. Yeah. Call for nominations are out for the next set. So definitely go to oak.org and check that out to see if there's anything that interests you or. I love uh, our Oak family. Yes. It's amazing. And if, if the national level is too big for you now, then look into your local chapter. What can you do in your local chapter Mm -hmm. to, to get involved there and to help? So anyways, all good things. All good. So here is our 2020 Portland OAKE recap. Um, We're going to talk about just kind of some general thoughts and a couple of sessions that we were really impressed with. And we should also say, Tanya and I were on the the planning committee. Mm So a lot of our our work was, I mean, not a lot, but we did have some work where we were schlepping instruments around. We did some schlepping. Sometimes I was running into a session five to ten minutes late. And Michelle Trappa and Amy Abbott were a fantastic uh, co-chairs yep. of Great the conference. Team. Thank you so much yep. for bringing it all together. Yeah. And, yeah. So we might be a little biased, but we thought it was a really great conference. <laughs> we are very biased. There were no major I'm hiccups okay with that. other than, again, health-related concerns. You know, some presenters having to, yes. to so bow out last minute, understandably so. We will and say so. that things with, with this um, COVID-19, coronavirus, things have been moving. Um, if you're listening to this in the way future or <laughs> oh yeah if you're listening to this in the way future you're like remember that mm-hmm. it was crazy anyway so things <laughs> have been moving rather quickly and when the oak conference began um the united states did not have well wait we just had a handful of of known yeah, cases not very many it was not no, um, it was not in colorado but um, had the conference been this week it wouldn't have happened is really where we're at. Totally. It would have not happened. And we were lucky that we got to Portland, Oregon, safe, and um, yeah. hung with all of our Washington beats. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're, we're fine. Uh, many of them had districts that were closing down as the conference was going on. So let's talk about a couple of sessions that really stuck out to us. There were yes. so many There were so many awesome but sessions. we're just going to focus on just a couple and why that really hit home for us. Yeah, I had to arm wrestle Carrie um, to win the privilege of talking about Karen Howard. Well, I'll talk about it. No, too, I just yeah, we didn't really arm wrestle, but I was ready. I was ready to go down for this because <laughs> um, I just adore Dr. Karen Howard. She is an associate professor professor of uh, music at the University of St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. She's also uh, a teacher in world music pedagogy mm-hmm. that happens in the summertime, which I want to do one day. Yeah. When I'm allowed to travel again, uh, when all of us are allowed to travel. Anyway, Karen Howard 
is fantastic. So and she her, just released the book. Oh yes, and she just had first a book. First steps in first steps in global world music, right? World music You're, or global I think it's, music? It's either world music or global music. I thought it was global. We've given a shout out to that as yeah. well. And it's through GIA Publications. You all know it. Everyone's excited for it. Everyone is, and rightly so. <laughs> and um, so we did some music from that book. But almost more importantly, um, I really think that she really led an awesome um, talk about why it matters to include yes. global music. Yes. So the title of her uh, conference or her mini conference, which was just two hours on Thursday, is Matters of Diversity in a Kodai Context. Does Diversity Matter? Short answer, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so she's just had. S- All right. I, I recorded some of what Karen said. I asked her with permission, permission, with permission. I asked her ahead of time. And I'm not um, giving this out. I'm not making it into anything. It's just for my own. She's just so eloquent in how she speaks of these matters. Yeah. Um, because some of them, most of them are very charged for people. Yeah. And I actually had a very interesting conversation with a colleague, um, of mine, a music teacher who is in our district, who was also, also went through Colorado State, uh, for his levels. Mm -hmm. And so we had a very interesting conversation where he did not agree with me on several things. Um, and, and that's really, a, those are the conversations that we need to have. Yes. It's all fine and good to have conversations with people who agree with you regarding problematic songs and diversity and all of this. And I'm not to say that this teacher disagreed with everything I said, but right. it's, Certain it's important to have these conversations with people who, um, you don't see eye to eye with. Right. Because... It not only strengthens your opinion or maybe makes you question your opinion, Mm -hmm. but it's also good to just kind of rehearse, okay, and think through, why do I believe that diversity matters in the music room? And I'm not to say that my colleague does not believe in diversity. This was more about the problematic songs. The specific songs. Yeah, Yeah. specific songs and can they still be included and and which ones should and which ones shouldn't. When we get down to the nitty-gritty, it's not black and white. Right. Right, and... Overall, our conference at Oak 2020 was all about diversity and inclusion. And many of the sessions dealt with not just diversity and including um, populations that we don't normally see at at a music conference, but also about problematic songs and what to do now. This is a topic that we definitely need to have a show on later. Yes. Yeah. Right now there's so much going on that we really wanted to make sure we got out some other stuff. Right. 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 But this is um, a conversation that we should be having in districts. It should be happening. It should be happening. Music organizations and all of that. So anyway, just to say Karen Howard, um, she really knows her stuff and she speaks so eloquently about the urgency of us including music of other cultures. Yes. Yeah. So I I can't say much more than that without uh, just I want to be Karen Howard when I grow up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was excellent. And I just I always appreciate, you know, when when I've heard her speak, it's it's very positive and it's very forward thinking. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, let's shame ourselves and these are all the things we've done wrong. It's this is what we need to do better. And, yes. And I just love that. And she does not shy away from including discussion briefly about like, okay, let's recognize our privilege. Yeah. And our white fragility. Yep. And I don't know about you, Carrie, but I have been going through um, in the past couple of years um, having a lot of trainings in the district 
being a, a mentor teacher in the district, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of conversations. And then it's interesting how my own privilege and my own fragility gets in the way of me re- really understanding and oh, being yeah. willing to learn. Because I'm, I'm constantly editing, like shutting down my thoughts when I go, oh, no, I need to watch myself. Where what was me? Right. No, yeah. no, it's not about us. It's, it's not it's about moving forward. us. It's moving forward. And this is a whole topic educating. we could oh, have it's so, so much big. more. It's but, big. Yeah, thank you to Karen Howard for all of your work and continuing to, to challenge us and yes. push us in the right direction. Exactly. So excited. Okay. All right, I want to give a shout-out to a session that I went to bright and early, 8.15 a.m. on Friday morning. Which is not so bright and early oh, in a normal school day. Man, but no, it was great. So Rita Allway, who is from um, the Bay Area, yes, um, she did a session about popular music in the Kodai-inspired classroom. And I have to say, this is a topic I've always kind of poo-pooed and been a little bit like, uh, you know, and part of it is my own ignorance in some ways. Part of it is, you know, the, the common question which came up a lot in a lot of different places what do you do about all the curse words and all about the the sexual language that's in so much popular music and it really comes down to if we do our research as Kodai inspired educators with popular music the same way we do with folk music we're gonna find plenty of or maybe even better than how we've done with folk music Uh, right okay well there's that too Uh right so um you know and Rita really took the stance of hey here is some great um, popular music and not even necessarily contemporary popular music. She even included, you know, my girl and, you know, Motown stuff. So it's, right. it doesn't have to be right now current, but the idea of using popular music to reinforce literacy concepts. And, you know, you can think differently on that. Some people might say, well, no, we should just experience it just to experience it because if the music wasn't necessarily created with notation in mind, why are we inserting notation into it? Yeah. I get, I see two sides and, of that. And that is my one reservation about that is that do we need, well, I do we need to, do we need to put things in solfege? Right, I mean, right. it makes sense in a Kodai inspired classroom that you do that because you're showing, Hey, look, this is not just music in the music classroom that we can take this popular music and, and we can, uh, break it down through solfege. Yeah. But then, like I said, my other reservation would be, but do we need to? Do we and- need to? Right. And for me, I think I like that it's just like, well, this is just another tool in my toolkit. It's not, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. this is not going to be everything now. You know, when right. I think And about, I'm not being critical of Rita because no, 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 it was no. excellent. And she presented stuff. it very well. No, this is just, it's a conversation to be had. Um, and I haven't been very good about including popular music. And I, I will say that I have been someone who, when my go-to listening lessons for a long time, were always European male white composers, right. which is going to lead us to what we're going to talk about another session later on. But the idea of if I'm going to do a listening lesson and I'm going to be talking about high dough, what's wrong with using my girl and going do re mi sol la do which mm-hmm. is exactly what i did with my students rather than a classical piece of music right and if so it ropes them about, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. a little more and i'm also thinking about being a, a music teacher who comes into a school and it's your first year second year third year with them and you're still getting buy in from them yes like my students at my home school i've been at the, i've been at that school for 20 years yeah so by the time they're in 5th grade i mean set aside the hormones and all of that stuff (laughs) they're like this is what we're doing okay i'm doing it and i don't really need to sell it but then this year experiencing being at a new school to new to me school where they've had a different music teacher Mm -hmm. every single year since they've had classroom music yeah 
yeah, I do need to sell it. Like yeah. I do need to pull in, and and that's not the only reason why. Yeah. But if it if it gets them interested, sure. Then, and hey. I think especially when, when you want to practice harmonic functions, chordal structures. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all the harmony yeah, stuff that, is that's a great really. Thing. So it was just great. She just had some really quick, simple, easy to implement ideas. But more so, it just got me thinking about this is something I would like to do more. Um, I think I need to do more not to, you know, take away the integrity of any sort of, you know, quality music program I, I've already built. I'm just going to add more quality because pop music does not equal bad music. I no. think that that's a common, you know, thought that a lot of music educators might have. And I might have had it in the past, too. Like, oh, well, this is a lesser degree of music. This isn't of quality. It is of quality. And it's and Rena made this point, too. It's of quality to the students. It yes. is. It is. Well, and Karen Howard made this point, too, that she said when students are surveyed, they don't think of music class music as being right. music. They yeah. think of it as specific to the music class yep. and that this is not like the music that is in the rest of my life. Yeah. That's got to change. We need to take that away. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Next session we want to talk about, Tanya? Well, you took away my computer because it was making sounds, so... um <laughs> I think that we wanted to talk about, you tell me. this is a good segue, into a session titled Multicultural Musical Role Models, Inspiration Through Engaged Listening. Yes. And this is with Adam McLean and Richard Saunders. Yes. And if you heard our um, episode, our bonus episode, our bonus episode we, we mentioned this. already mentioned them, but it's just, it's just so worth um, looking up their website and their information because they have resources for music teachers with this program that they've done called Musician of the Month. And they really want it to be shared and they want it to be a place to collaborate yeah. for other music teachers. So if you are passionate about mariachi music, mm -hmm. right, you can go on there and they de they have a very specific format that mm -hmm. they want to see it in yeah. for Musician of the Month. This is a program that they've done in their district with K, did they say K? I think K through fifth or sixth. So all of the general music classes have the same musician of the month. Uh -huh. And this has been district-wide that they've gotten their whole music teachers in their whole district to do general music teachers. Yeah. So that's another awesome aspect that uh, if they're doing Celia Cruz in kindergarten, that's also happening in first, second, third, fourth, right. fifth. So that like siblings and um, friends can share yes, this excitement this over a specific artist. Yeah, yeah, and the emphasis on musician of the month rather than composer of the month is that we want to make sure we're highlighting, you know, people who are, are musicians not considered this um, uh, old school version of like Bach, Mozart, yeah. Beethoven, who are all definitely worth studying. Right. But we just want to be more inclusive. Balance it. Balance it. I'll just read this first bullet point. So the Musician of the Month curriculum aspires to be an anti-racist curriculum that challenges the prevailing Eurocentric and white supremacist basis in U.S. education. Oh, see, that's so much better than I was well, going to say. Yeah, I, w I wouldn't have been able to put it like that myself, but I just thought it's their first bullet point of what this is. And you can go to They Got a Grant for our website. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely website. So musicianofthemonthproject.com, and we'll definitely we'll link, to link it. it on there. Um, but I love the idea of it being collaborative. I was I was talking 
maybe to you about it, Tanya, or to somebody else, like I can see this almost being like a, a project-based learning project for students. Maybe create. one that they could do at home. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ding, ding. Oh, well, that's a lot to Through do. online learning. I feel like they might need a little more guidance. But no, the, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, the idea being that students and teachers can create units of study that then can be shared with other educators. How empowering is that exactly. you know, for students? Yes. Um, so it was a great session, well presented. They did an awesome job. We were both there. Yes. So we can both talk about it. We but can. It was, it was great. Good job, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, All right. Thank you. We, I, I thought it was fantastic. It was. All right. Let's talk about one more that you and I were also both at. Thank and you this for guiding. Is yes. <laughs> Living Traditions, Children's Songs and Singing Games from Central America by Rachel Gibson. Oh, yeah. We were going to arm wrestle over that one, too. Yeah. Well, Rachel, we were both there. Dr. Rachel Gibson is, oh, she's just awesome. She's also living the dream. Because this is not like music that she has only researched. She has lived in these communities. Yes. And with her whole family. Yes. Uh, and Guatemala and Nicaragua specifically, when they took travels there, extended travels there. Yeah, she mm-hmm. collected these songs from the culture bearers right there, mm-hmm. these lovely teachers in these schools. And, and she gave us notation. And it's very interesting because this is the very first Oak Conference where I, this, I think this was one of only two sessions that I went to. That was like active music making. Here are some songs and games. Here are some songs and games, right. Yeah. But um, it was exactly what I needed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've had the pleasure of now seeing Rachel three times. Nice. <laughs> she's She's been able to present the last two O conferences as well. Same title, but always different material. So mm-hmm. she is just a wealth of great information. And she did announce that she's coming out. With a publication, oh but yeah, I don't know that's the right. title of it or anything about it. But, but it's going it, to be folk songs happens, from Nicaragua and Guatemala. Oh, we will definitely link to that because she she knows her stuff. Yes, and she presents does. it so lovely, and is just a lovely person to chat with right. as well. And if you are a Kodai person who is active in your chapter, um, a lot of these names are people that I wouldn't hesitate inviting oh, out to do a full day session any or half day session yes. for your chapter. Yeah, yeah, any of them. So just kind of overall takeaways from the conference, Tanya. It I was think. well, okay. I we we've, we're talking about this before. I'm not sure if it's just where I am and the sessions that I went to. Mm-hmm. No, I am sure it's not. Oak has really made a huge huge strides in being inclusive and making sure we are having these hard conversations. And this conference, I think, really is a um, landmark for making sure that we include diversity and hard conversations about problematics. Because I, did, I didn't I did talk about sessions I went to and that you and I both went to where we were talking about problematic songs. Right, yeah. But I really see our organization is really moving away from this idea of uh, here's a body of songs and they're all uh, very centered around the same group of people. Right. right. And, I mean, one one of the great takeaways for me, um, I know we said we weren't going to talk about too many sessions, but I just want to also mention, so there was a, a team of teachers, um, ha- including Meredith, Meredith Riggs, Riggs and company, um, yeah. Ashley Cuth- Cuthbertson, I hope I'm saying that right, Donna Gallo, Janelle 
Bjorklin, Katie German, or German, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, Manami Cohen, Rita Alway, um, Melissa Stone was also there. So anyways, this team of lovely, diverse ladies really just led the audience through uh, conversations. Mm-hmm. And we got to just literally sit and talk about um, reframing Kodai-inspired practices towards culturally responsive teaching was yes. the title And what I really appreciated about that session is that it was not specifically about repertoire. They said beyond repertoire. Yes. Let's look at our practices in the music room. Yeah. And I've been thinking about I've been watching myself like from the sidelines and noticing, you know, specific, oh yeah, I should continue. Oh yeah. Oh look at I maybe misstepped here. Exactly. Or there. We're always learning. Yeah. And if I wanna if I can be specific about it. And yeah. I talked to you about this. So just this week, um I was doing This Land is your land. Right. With my fourth graders, it's going to be something we include um, on our concert. And this Woody Guthrie, everybody knows song, is one that I hope to have as a sing-along, and I have in the past in concerts. I aim every time I have a concert or performance that there's at least one song where everybody's, you know, singing along. Yeah. Um, I show Pete Seeger and Bruce Springsteen at the Obama inauguration singing and leading the song in front of the Lincoln Memorial, and... Pete Seeger, one of his main drives was like, music, we should all be singing. It's not me on the stage performing for you. We're all singing. And so, you know, that's where my head is at when I program this. Now, in singing this song just this week after coming from the Oak Conference, I've had some issues. Yeah. And not issues about it being a patriotic song. Because, of course, you know, I'm sure most people know that there's a few um, verses in there where it's not... It's talking about, it's I saw my people, it's challenging at the relief office and yeah. all of that, that. That's not what I'm having an issue with. I'm having an issue with this land is your land, this land is my land. Now I'm seeing it, I, I'm kind of feeling it from a um, First Americans or Native American perspective. Like, yeah. should we be teaching? Should I be teaching this song? Yeah. Should I be teaching the children that this land is your land, this land is Whose my land, land? Is it really? whose land is it? So, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, exactly. Those are, yeah, and I'm sure some people <laughs> who are listening are like, um, yeah, I've already been there, right? And Maybe we're slow to it, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I know this is this is the conversation, and then, so I'm working on it. Here's a yeah. song that I love, it's not inherently racist, yeah. And yet, can I get behind this idea of this land was made for you and me? Yeah. Was it? Right. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's my big takeaway as well is that, and again, maybe because I I chose not to go to those sessions, but I didn't find myself seeing a lot of sessions of, like you said, here's a song and a game. Here's a song and a game. Here's a song and a game. I found myself being... um, involved in more sessions and conversations outside of sessions. That's the other lovely thing about this conference is to have those face-to-face interactions with people from all over the country and the world in some cases um, that I don't normally get to interact with other than on Facebook or whatever. Right, right. But the idea is that, you know, we had so many lovely conversations that um, just really got me thinking deeper, and that that was what I needed at that time. Yeah, and that's still what I need. Yeah. And... I mean, okay, to to look at the silver lining on this, hey, everybody stay home and let's do our learning from, from home. Yeah. I am plan- I've been planning my time because, you know, every time someone says, you must stay home, I go, oh, okay, cool. I know. I'm thinking I need to go and, like, thoroughly research 
some of these songs that I'm having, you know, that, that I know we need to do better at. Yes. So I'm thinking a lot of my time at home beyond me teaching online, of course, because right. I will do my due diligence. Yes. But I really want to dig in further, um, not just with song research, but also with some of these ideas of practices mm-hmm. in the music room. And I have some books that I've purchased that I've barely looked at yeah. that I really need to just dig into and really I get grabbed um, yesterday when I was packing up stuff and I thought, well, you know, technically, you know, we're, we're home for a week and then it's spring break. So at, as of now, it's two weeks outside of the classroom. And but I, I have thought, a feeling you know, it's going to be more. It could be more. So I grabbed a lot of my multicultural songbook collections Mm -hmm. because again those are books that I've purchased throughout the years and I might be familiar with one or two songs but there could be some really great gems in there that I'm missing you bought some at the oh and I just bought some books yeah Yeah. some some new books um so anyways yeah that's um that's what I plan on doing is just digging through the songbooks that I already have for Pete's sake that were on my shelf at school because that's where my resources live I'm not a keep them at home person that's just my preference but I'm like nope right now they need to be home because I need to really spend well, some time. Here's a time in. where that came in good for me because I am a keep it at home person. <laughs> That's true. All your stuff is already home. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot of packing up. Well, yesterday. save, like, I have a couple of Amazon collections that are at school because I was, like, looking through them. But you're not folk dancing while you're doing online this learning. This is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're doing the opposite of folk dancing, sadly. Yeah. So, anyways, um, wonderful OAKA conference. Great job to all the presenters. And, yes. Um, thanks again to everyone who said hello. It was a great time. I hope we see you sometime again. Yes. Yeah. And next year, OAKA is in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And this theme of diversity will be continuing. I know that for a fact. I know. And I'm so, looking forward to it. Yeah, this is... is it needs to continue. This isn't a one and done thing. This this is the conversation we need to be having all the time. Totally. And now it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And Carrie, I hear you have an excellent one. Well, sure. And um, this is actually not mine. This is from my student teacher, Brian. I asked his permission to share. So, um, you know, a lot of my my coaching of Brian has been, you know, to make sure you know your lesson well, right? Yeah. And if you need to have a little cheat sheet somewhere in front of you, do that. And we've talked about this in different varieties before, but it was so sweet what he ended up doing. Um, So with our kindergarten students, um, my routine was always to have them follow me in as I play the lollipop drum Mm -hmm. and I play different things you know walk jogging galloping different rhythms equal different motions they kind of follow me in and then we go to our spots and we go from there and it was so cute because one day I looked over and he had a sticky note on the inside of the (laughs) lollipop drum and that's where he was keeping his little lesson outline and that way once he sat down then he grabbed the sticky note and he had it in his hands or stuck it on his tuning fork or wherever he wanted to stick it but I just thought it was so cute and so resourceful you know look for those little secret places you can hide those little <laughs> lesson outlines and I thought that the lollipop drum was a great idea. That's awesome. Yep and so Brian is, is done with his time with me but he did such a great job and I loved having him so shout and out now to Brian. he's supposed to go to he's my feeder high school. <laughs> but they're closed. Uh-huh. So he Aww. might be part of the whole online learning. I hope so because I don't want him to have to extend his student teaching. Well I, I know his instrumental teacher that he's going to be with. And he's in good hands. He's in great hands. Oh good. Yes. So great job Brian. Good job with the sticky note.
So now it's time for our CODA section where we're going to give some specific recommendations. I have a feeling they're going to be personal. Enjoying, we're enjoying in and out of the music room, yes, but that's the mostly whole out. But today it's going to be out because we're literally out of the music room. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to go back on Monday with, uh, I need to get some stuff. Oh, good for you. And I'm, I'm going to Lysol wipe it down again. I see it. Yeah, I did that Friday. I was I like, know. get me out of here. Okay. So anyways, um, Tanya, yes. have you enjoyed anything recently? Yeah. <laughs> Bring on the Netflix, Netflix Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm late to the party because it's already this movie is is well. You know you what you can watch it for free. Um, I believe it was Netflix. I think it's Amazon. Is it Amazon uh, on Amazon Prime? Okay, I should look it up. A simple favor. Yes. Right, Blake Lively. Yes. And Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. It, I just when it came out, I was like, eh. Mm. But we watched it last night. It was good. It's very good. Okay. It's up your, yeah, you are going to love it. The, the only up reason I haven't watched it is because I was considering whether I needed to read the book first. And but then, you need to finish that other book so you can loan it to me. I know. I have lots of reading to do. I'm really yeah. excited about that time. But okay, I might just, I might just watch you it. You should just watch it. Because I, I did that with Gone Girl, actually. I saw the movie first and then oh, I read the book. The and book's I so much better. I loved the book. The book's great. Uh, yeah. So, so I, that doesn't ruin it for me. I know some people hate to do that but i'm like yeah whatever cool I'll watch the you movie. should watch that movie. okay i'm gonna watch yeah. the movie and then i'll read the book simple favor cool and you um well this is so cheesy because it's like just like things that i've come across on youtube i oh, know not youtube facebook well i guess it's youtube too so there is this um comedian i don't know what you would call her influencer i don't know her <laughs> name is uh, laura cleary i think is how you pronounce yeah. it so c-l-e-r-y um and her videos just seem to magically appear on my Facebook. And, of course, the more you click, the more you get. Of course. But she's hilarious. And she, she has, and that that video you showed me? Yes. The whole... So, specifically, there's a coronavirus <laughs> one. And I know this isn't a laughing matter, but, you know, sometimes you If you, you just don't laugh, laugh, you cry. Right. But so, the, let's do that. The point of the video is just the benefits of it and the fact that, like, we can just stay home and, right. and order food. Yeah, it's very hilarious. It's, it's like, cute. oh, sorry, we have to stay home. <laughs> I'll post it after we post this episode so you know what we're talking about. Yes. I posted it. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh. And she has lots of videos about she's a fairly new mommy, so you know, lots of good motherhood videos. Uh-huh. Um, her husband is British, so lots of English versus UK videos. And she does have a book. I haven't read it, but I think I want to now. Um, it's called Idiot. So I can't recommend the book necessarily because I haven't read it. But it's out there. But it's out there and it's got lots of good reviews on barnesandnoble.com. <laughs> but anyways, um, She's hilarious. Check out her videos if you just want some somewhat mindless humor. Just we kind of need that sometimes. Things. We do. Like it's okay. now. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Our show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. And if you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help other music teachers find this podcast. Next time, we don't know what we'll focus on. We thought we would let the world tell us. Yeah, we're going to see what's going on in the world in, in a week and a half when we would be scheduled to record again and see what people need. Exactly. If we need more online stuff, we'll talk about online stuff. And you are welcome to reach out to us and let us know if there's. What do you need? What do you need? <laughs> Especially at this time when things are a little up um, in the air. Yeah. So. All right. 
But until next until time. next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie. Wishing you happy musicking.